I, I shall read just a couple of scriptures and then and then and then I'm gonna let you sit down. Uh, and and we'll go back and rehash some of this chapter. But um, just for save your legs and your energy. And I know it's Wednesday. I know you worked hard this week. <clears throat> we'll read just two two scriptures here. That's really <clears throat> really just one is is the heart of what's on my heart. Thank y'all guys too for for the music tonight and uh, everything and uh, all that you do. But uh, Psalms twenty twenty seven, and I just want to read verse thirteen and fourteen for now. Verse thirteen and fourteen, and then we're going to go back and read a little bit of, of the psalm. But we're going to jump down to verse thirteen. And we'll read verse 13 and 14. And uh, uh, this is this, just, this, I can't even ever get this out of my heart. Uh, and that's, uh, that's why it went so good. I, when I come in and I heard her singing about the goodness of God, I was like, oh, my goodness. I said, how awesome is that? And, uh, but let me read this. Let's read this together, and then we'll, 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 we'll pray over this service tonight. Uh, the Bible says this. He said, uh, David said, I had fainted, or I would have, or I would have fell out unless I had believed to see the goodness, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Amen. Amen. Brother Angel, would you bless this service tonight? Lord, thank you for your word. We're hiding it in our heart against the day that we need that particular verse. God, I thank you for healing Pastor. I thank you for healing Alicia, Paul, and everybody else that needs a miracle. Hallelujah. It won't run you short to heal all of us tonight. Glory be to God. We love you, we appreciate you, and we thank you that your word has hid itself along with you in our hearts against the day that we'll need to fight the devil with that word. In the name of Jesus, touch pastor tonight. Amen and amen. Amen, 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 and amen. We bless his name. We bless his name. You can be seated tonight. I want to talk to you about believing to see. Believing to see. Believing to see. And I want to, I want to go back to, to, to verse 1, and, and I was going to read it all together, but, but I, wanted to, I wanted to just make, make a couple mental notes as we read along here tonight. If you will, highlights, if you want to, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on, on the entire chapter, but I want to take a, make a couple of highlights here, and I want you to notice the mental notes I want you to really notice is, 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 is some of David's troubles uh, that he kind of brings out uh, as we get down to the verse 13. That's really the verse I want to dwell on tonight. But I want to go back to verse 1, verse 1 tonight. And, of course, it, it's not all about trouble. There's various things mixed in along the way. But let, let's, let's read it and let's, let's just kind of highlight a thing or two as we get through it. The Bible says this. It says, The Lord is my light, David said, and he is my salvation. You know, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. How, how many believes that tonight? It's for surely my strength. 
I've known that for a long time, but I'm, I, am a, I am totally sold out on it now. With, there's nothing. There is no strength without him. Of whom shall I be afraid, he says. But then, verse 2, here's kind of a middle note. He brings in, he begins to bring in some of the, some of the, the negative swirl in his life. Uh, some of the, 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 the storms and the trials and troubles. And he, he highlights a couple things uh, that, that maybe you have even can relate to. He says, when the wicked, when the wicked, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about that. You know, when, 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 you got, when you're doing battle or when you're struggling with someone who, who doesn't have any boundaries, because that's, that's really what wicked is. There's no boundaries. You're, you're, dealing with, you're dealing with somebody that has no boundaries. I, I remember counseling somebody as many years ago, uh, and they were, they were kind of in a struggle with, with actually a, a few people that, that, that were like that. I, I won't go so far maybe to call them wicked. I'll let God do that. But, but I know they had no boundaries. I, I know they had no limitations. I, I knew that they would go as far as, as they felt needed to go. And, and I told, I remember telling this particular person that was in this struggle with them, I told him, I said, you can't fight them. I said, you can't. I said, I said they have no boundaries. Here, here's what's going to happen. Here, and this is what was happening. I said, you try to fight them as a believer and as a Christian that's got boundaries, got morals, that's got some chivalry and, 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 and some civilness, so a little bit of respect. Uh, but, but they don't fight fair. Because that's the way when it is when you end, there's no boundaries. You ever tried to fight somebody that don't have no boundaries? I'm going to tell you what it means. Well, that's, that's kind of what I believe David was dealing with, with these enemies of his. They, they had no boundaries. And I know David, he was a warrior, but he still had boundaries. But he was dealing with people that, had, that were his enemies that had no boundaries. They were folk, people that hated. That, that word foes means they hated him. They hated him. I'm just giving you an idea, just to kind of highlight, this is what he was dealing with. They came upon me. It's pretty graphic, ain't it? To eat up my flesh, that's what it felt like to him. He felt like they were literally, they stumbled, they fell. Though a host should camp against me. I mean, there, there's like, it seems like, don't it sometimes seem like everybody's everything. All sort that's come against me. At that life, you know, we watch these these action movies. I know I was always like John Wayne, even the westerns, or some of that Bruce Lee. I, I'm way back. I'm dating myself because I don't even watch TV hardly no more. I hardly ever. I don't even know what TV is hardly anymore. But when I did watch it, you know, like who was the guy Walker? Walker? What's his name? Texas Ranger, yeah, yeah. You know, these action type things, they might have sometimes a host come against them. You ever notice that in these action TV shows? They're so, so unreal because they would always come one at a time. They might be five of them, but you ever notice John Wayne, John Wayne. They, they might be five outlaws going to shoot at him, but they all do it one at a time. And I've done learning in this life, as they, they don't wait turns. That's what David was feeling. They all, they've all, they all, sh they all shoot at us at the same time. It's not one at a time. If it was one at a time, we could take it on pretty, pretty well. 
But see, it, you know, it comes, it, it comes in big clumps from everywhere. Amen. Amen. He says, my heart shall not fear, though. Though war should rise. Remember, David was always the one. He would say, when I am for peace, they are for. That's what he would always say. He would say that. And that's just some of the things he was dealing with. I'm just trying to give you the, the negative swirl that was around his life during this psalm. He said, they would rise against me, but in this will I be confident. This is one of my favorite verses here. One thing. And the reason I, I've always, I've always preached this a certain way, but I believe tonight just by understanding the swirl, I, I believe it was his desire at this time to be, to be in God's presence, to be. He says, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire. He's, I, he, was needing, he was needing that, I feel like. He was needing to be there. And I can understand why with everything that he's just wrote about. Verse 5, verse 5, he goes out. For in a time of trouble, see, it was about the trouble. This is my favorite place in a time of trouble. Not just here. I'm not just saying this house. But I'm talking about in his presence. Although this house has got a lot to do with that because I've learned that amongst this corporate gathering, like we had Sunday, there's a powerful presence that's, that is, that's, that's hard to duplicate. I've, ne- I've learned you can't duplicate it on independently. I have some powerful moments. I've had some times in the Lord. I, I've had some walks in the woods. I've had some tractor time. I've had, some th- I've had, to, I've had to park the tractor because I couldn't see. I've had to pull off the road. Y'all, y'all ever had Lord time in the car and you, you get, your eyes get so full of, of water? That you had to just pull off. I've just had to pull off. And I know everybody's riding by like, what's wrong with that fool? That fool. We better chop deck on him. I said, it's all right. Go ahead. Go ahead. I've had powerful times, but it ain't nothing like when we gather together. I, I, you can't emphasize that enough. You can't tell people out there that enough. People that part-time church, they don't get it. They don't get it. They've not got it, really. They're still missing something. You can't part-time it because you've not really got what you're supposed to be getting. You're punching a clock, and it means very little. Amen. In a time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies. It all come from being in his presence, all being in his house. There's this switch. There's this, it's all still going on, but God's lifting somebody up in this thing. God's lifting a head up. He's bringing somebody above their enemy, his enemies that was around him. Therefore, I will offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing. Yea, I will sing praise, 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 praise unto the Lord. Sing, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, seek my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face. Now, listen, this is just another part of, the, of what he was dealing with. I believe that. I believe he was feeling like God. God was at a distance now. And it's not, it's, he's, not, he's not going through bipolarness. I think it was all part of the same circumstance that, 
all of a sudden, this is part of the negative swirl, the storm, part of the, part of the, the trouble that happens in these times. He's feeling like God is far. He don't feel like God is worried. Well, hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not. Listen, he's feeling even forsaken. He's feeling like God is, God is somewhere, but, but not here. You ever felt that way? Struggle. Boy, what a struggle. Verse 10, verse 10 he says, even my people then, he, he takes it to a personal place. I'm going to tell you, do you what, a, what a negative swirl in this man's life at this time. Feeling like God's forsaken, but he also brings it home. When my father and my mother, now I, I opened up a can of beans when I started thinking on this. I really did. And I'm not real sure, I'm not real sure should I even share it with you. But I got to thinking about this. I got to thinking about how he felt forsaken even by his father and mother. And I'm not going to go into all the things that, because it, it's just assumptions. I got to thinking, you know, because he, we, know, we know that he wasn't one of the household favorites. <laughs> you know, matter of fact, Matter of fact, they wasn't even considering him. And there's even a verse, there's even a verse in the Psalms, uh, Psalm 51, where he says, I was, in my mother's womb I was conceived in sin and iniquity has shaped me. And, and, and this is just an assumption. I, I don't know this. I don't know this. But maybe there was something that went wrong. Maybe, maybe there was a mailman. I'm just guessing here. Because I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out why he felt so forsaken. Why his daddy wouldn't even, it just makes sense to me. I, I'm just saying it just made sense to me that, it, that even mother and father, he's just, he's just ostracized, just put out on the outside alone. Formed and shaped in sin. Of course, that's all of us. But it would be a good reason why maybe his daddy wouldn't let him in the house. That's just all for thinking. Too much? I can tell it's too much because y'all sitting there like. <gasps> I didn't say it was in the Bible. I'm just assuming. Yes. Not good when I assume. There's, just makes sense in my mixed up mind. Verse 11, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in the plain path because of my enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of my Lord. Help us know. Don't give me over to their will. For, for false, there's liars. They have risen up against us, and such as breathe out even cruelty. And then back to verse 13. All that negative swirl, all that negative storm, this is what he says. He said, he said I, I, I would have been overcome. I wouldn't have made it in the midst of all that. And he just gives us a highlight. That's just I, I've even had to assume some to, to take it even maybe a little further. But he just gives us a highlight of what he was feeling. And he says this. He said, I, I would have I lost heart. I would have quit. 
I would have quit in the midst of all that. I would have quit in the midst of all that had I not believed to see the goodness. Not just see God. Oh, no, no, no. Not just see, very, but to see the goodness of the Lord. Not, not just in eternity. We all know that. We all got that. We all got that hope. But to see the goodness of God here in the land of the living, right here. He said, I would have fainted. I wouldn't have made it. I would have quit by now had it not been that I believed to see. I believe that tonight. I believe with my heart tonight that this is, this is a major principle of every believer, every believer's life. I'm, I'm convinced of it. I believe that this, should, this is a rule that should guide every believer to keep us, to keep us, keep us when, when circumstances are dark, when circumstances are tough, when, circumstance, when, when there's things like this going on in our life, when we feel forsaken, when we feel ostracized, when we feel left out, when we feel enemies, we feel liars, we feel like everything's against me, we feel these certain things, feel like maybe even God's distant. Well, I'm going to tell you what, I'm gonna tell you, I believe it's the rule of every believer that should guide our life that, that I don't know what, I've got to believe to see the goodness of God. I've got to believe to see that no matter what. I believe that because it keeps us from falling away. It'll keep us from quitting. Because it's in those dark swirl times that we'll be tempted to quit over and over again. You feel like God's far away, you're going to feel like quitting. You got your most dear people to you that, 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 that have forsaken, you're going to feel like quitting. When everybody's come against you, liars and false witnesses and, and various things, you're going to feel like quitting. When they're breathing, when it's just being cruel, it's going to be all these moments that you feel like quitting. And this keeps us. I believe that with all my heart tonight. No matter, no matter. I know, I know we're a people, maybe not here, but in our country, in this culture, we're kind of like the Pharisees. We're kind of like the Greeks. We want to see to believe. That's what not David's saying. Matter of fact, matter of fact, everything he was seeing was just leading him to want to quit even more. How many in here tonight? How many in here tonight? Maybe you're going through things even tonight. Maybe things in your life right now. What you're seeing is not helping you believe. It's just not. You watch the news. You hear the reports. You talk to a friend. Someone calls. I was just talking to somebody here tonight. I said, there's always somebody ready to pull your arms down. <laughs> always. And, and, and sometimes, sometimes you're not seen. Matter of fact, you know what? If you've been saved here tonight, you got saved under this principle. Right back here. You didn't get saved. If, you, if you're waiting to see if salvation See, you're waiting to see the fruits of salvation. You're waiting to see, does that thing work? 
you're not going to see anything. You're not going to, if you're waiting to see to believe, you're not going to ever believe. Ever. Ever. But now the moment that you believe, I had no earthly idea. Did you? When I got saved, I had no idea how all this is going to work out. It was, my, my life was full of this negative swirl and then some. It had addictions and, and stuff that I knew I couldn't lick. Stuff that I knew had a hold on me. And I remember sitting in the seat and I thought, well, Lord, this is foolish. But he kept pulling. I said, Lord, it's foolish for me. It's foolish, it's foolish, it's foolish. I, I, I can't do it. And exactly, you can't. Exactly. But, but whatever reason, I said, you know what? I'm just going to believe. I didn't really know this verse at this time. I didn't know this principle. But, but it ends out, I believe to see. You know what? I'm just going to believe God. I'm just going to believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Yes. And then salvation is true, but within every part of our life. I don't care what's going on in your life tonight. I don't care how dark, how the swirl. It's not an exhaustive list. You're, you might be going through something different than what I even mentioned on the screen tonight. But it's still the same principle. you got to believe to see the goodness of the Lord. You must. You must. I got to believe. When I look at people, when I hear people's situation, when people tell me what's going on in their life, I must believe no matter what they tell me. I must believe to, that we're going to see the goodness. We're going to see the goodness of the Lord in this. Patty, we're going to. We're going to keep believing to see the goodness of the Lord. We do. No matter what we're in case with, no matter your, the worst case scenario, that impossible situation, that impossible person, we still believe to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe that tonight. I believe we got to depend on seeing. Even, even in these adverse times and troubles, I believe that tonight. Because if we don't, we'll see nothing and we'll quit. You, it's really that simple. If you don't believe to see it, you'll see nothing. And you'll quit. You'll quit. Now, I believe there's, there's probably several things. That makes this possible. Uh, I've got two things I really want to bring out tonight that just stuck in my heart. Two things that I feel like that, that allowed David in his life at this point to even say such a thing, to make this statement, to make this principle such a, I think, such a key guide for us tonight. The first thing I believe is very important for our generation, very important for our hour that we live in, and I believe it was for his, but if we're going to believe to see the goodness, I believe first we, we got to know what the goodness of the Lord is. I don't know if you think about that or not, because this is an age, 
especially the age that we live. We're that Isaiah, give me that, we're that Isaiah 5 and 20 age. You know what that is? Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, and who don't know goodness. You can't believe for God to, what you perceive to be good, to bless when it's evil. Come on now. I do. I believe that tonight. I believe there's, there's this huge difference sometimes in what our thinking of good is and what God's thinking of good is. big sometimes gap but sometimes sometimes our view of good I've seen it I've seen I've noticed it I've watched it I've I've heard people sometimes you know they'll say life is good but it's their view it's not necessarily God's I'm trying to be as easy but yet be as plain as I can tonight it's like Man's always had a struggle to get a hold and really see what God views as good. You know, the rich young ruler, remember he comes bouncing into Jesus, remember, remember? And he, he, he says, hey, good master, good teacher, you know, what's the greatest, da, 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 da. And Jesus, first thing he says is, he says, who said I was good? How do you know I'm good? And he questions, he what, what it is, because he knows that man, man struggles. And the reason I'm bringing this out is, is we, we got to make sure what's good. And the reason I bring all that out is for this reason, is sometimes we need to recalibrate our good. Because if it just, if it's just good because it suits my purposes, or it, it, it suits my life, or, or it's good because it, it, it works into my life now, that don't necessarily mean it's good. Amen. And, and we get false expectations that get dashed. That's the reason I'm bringing this out at all. It's because, because we get this false expectation because it wasn't good in God's eyes. It might have been good in our eyes, but it wasn't in God's eyes. And we get these false expectations, which leaves us with, with, with all kind of gaps and doubts. And because God didn't, well, God wasn't in that because it wasn't necessarily good. So, so there's got to be this recalibration. I believe that tonight. I, I thought about, uh, 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 you know, Psalms, Psalm 73. I, I believe it is Psalm 73, uh, verse 3 thereabouts. He starts, he brings out, he brings out how envious he was of evildoers. How he, he, he got to, he got to talking about, he would look at them and he'd see their prosperity. He would see that they were having the, life is good. They were getting stronger. Nothing seemed to stop them. Everything went well for them. How many, how many can identify with Psalm 73? I'm not going to read the whole. There, there's, there's about 10 or 12 verses right there from verse 3 up to about verse 15 where, where, where he's, just, he's just, he says, I, I was envious of the wicked. 
Because it looks like life is good. It looks like. But, but verse, I believe it's verse 15 I give you, Kayla, or 17. Verse 17, I think it is, that I give you. This is what happened, though. He got recalibrated. Until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then understood I therein. In other words, in other words, I thought that was good. It seemed good. I would have called it good. I was calling it good. Matter of fact, I was envious of it. I thought it was so good. I thought that's so good. Look at them. But then I had to go to the house of the Lord. I had to have a re sheet on my side. A recalibration of what's good. I had to get God good. I had to get a hold of what God calls good. <laughs> Amen. Am I wearing you out? <laughs> but it, No good. None. 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 Absolutely. Must be. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yes. Amen. 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 That's the truth. There's got to be this recalibration now. Of it's no longer what I think is good. How many, how many in here you've dealt with that? You've you you you've dealt with people like that? You've been like that sometimes. Lord, I could tell you stories, but I'm I don't even know who some of them belongs to, and I'm afraid I'd be telling yours. That's what happens when you get old stay at the same church and so long. Sometimes I tell stories and sometimes I've told stories and I'm like, oh dear Lord, I, that might have been so-and-so. But I don't ever use names. But still, I don't even like telling someone's story that's still here. But anyway, I, so many stories were where they would tell me, they would say things like this, but it feels so good or so right. They need, they need a recalibration to really find out what is good. the truth too that's the truth amen and that's that's the problem with when they feel like it's good that's the problem that's the difference and even the principle that's being taught here tonight about believing to see the goodness of God but it's got to know what really God considers good what he thinks is good which which brings me to the second part bring me to the second thing that I want to bring out because this is what I know about David. David was sure of God's goodness. 
That's how he could say such a thing. You can't say such a thing. You can't, you can't, you can't boldly say in the midst of such a negative world, you know what, no matter what, you can't say after such a, a horrendous accident or such a doctor call or whatever the situation that's so negative. You can't say, you know what, I'm going to believe to still see the goodness of God in this. You, you, you can't say that unless you truly know that God's good. That he is good. That he is goodness. And that I'm going to see it. David was that man. David was a man who understood. He knowed that God was good. Uh, there, there's a pile of scripture. David, the Psalms is full, full of him talking about God's goodness. They, they was like 18 references, to, and, and they're all valuable. I even started to just read them all, and I thought, well, I'll kind of buy, I'll wear them out, I'll bog them down. Uh, I, I try to refrain from that, but, but they're good. You ought to reference, you ought to just look up every time David talked about the goodness of God and, and points that he brought out about it. But there is one particular little set of psalms that we, we're all very familiar with, and most of the time we don't look at it in this light, uh, that, that, that really... He really tells us and teaches us, really, what is God's goodness? And, 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 and it's the 23rd Psalm. I don't know if you ever realized that, but the 23rd Psalm, I know we call it the Lord's, you know, the, 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 the Lord is my shepherd and all. We, we look at it at various lights. We, we read it at funerals. We, we read it for comfort, and rightly so. I'm not saying any of that's wrong. Uh, I know, I remember Jordan, I think Jordan preached something on it when he was here about the, a shepherd's look. Or something at the 20th, which was awesome. It was great. And all that's well and fine. But but really, when, when, when I've got into this and I've seen, he's really, he's really telling us in that whole 23rd Psalm, which I haven't got time to go through it because there's numerous things in there. We're going to read it, but, but I'm not going to elaborate too much on it. But there's so many things in there that he's really just pointing out saying, this is how God's been good to me. This is, this is how he knew God was good. Now, regardless of when that psalm was wrote, some people think it was when David was a shepherd. Some people think it was at various other times. I think it was the combination of his whole life because you see it starts when he was a shepherd, when he, he, I think when he was a young boy. But it talks about even when he was anointed with oil, when his enemies uh, it, it was, was around him. I think it was the entirety of his life. He doesn't come to know God in his fullness. He doesn't come to know the goodness of God in kind of an entirety. He, he could tell us so many ways, this is how God's been good to me. And you can too. Your whole life is built like that. Your whole life is a story. It's a story of how God's been good to me. Y'all got a new story. How God's been good to you. Yes, come on, thank the Lord. Yes. But I, I, I want to look at the 23rd Psalm just real quick. and I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I want you to see there's a couple highlights the 23rd Psalm, a couple of highlights in there that I want you to see. Let's just, you know, let's just walk through it just a little bit. You'll see some goodness. You'll see how, what David's talking about. He says, of course, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And, and uh, I think he's talking about his guidance. You know, God's been good to him. The way he's, how many in here would say, the way God, I can say this for myself, God has guided me in such a way that it's been nothing but goodness. He's been good. If I've got off path, it's been me. It's been my my will or, or my plan, but he has got, it's been nothing but good. The way he's ordered my steps, the way he's told me to pick them up and put them down, 
way he's played, it's been nothing but good. He has guided me. Listen, listen, here's another aspect of his goodness. He said, I said, I've not needed. I shall not want. I've not needed. Now, I didn't say I had everything. I didn't say you had everything. He might be the most poverty-stricken person in here tonight, but, but God is good. He, he gives us what we need. And I'm, sometimes it's been his goodness that's kept me from having everything I wanted. It's because it's goodness. He's good. He knew I couldn't handle it. He knew I couldn't. He knew I couldn't handle that. I couldn't handle that. There's no way. I've had ideas. I've had things. There's no way. I didn't know it at the time. I kicked and screamed like a little baby girl when he didn't give it to me. No, no offense to the girls, but I was just thinking about girls at a slumber party that scream. I, I don't know. Anyway, that, that would be me sometimes when he didn't give me what I wanted. But his goodness, his goodness. The, uh, verse 2, verse 2, listen, he maketh me. This is his goodness. He, God, all this is about what God's doing. None of this is about really a shepherd as far as a man or, or, or anything about even David. This is what God's doing for David. This is God's goodness. This is how good God's been to David. He, he, David said, he, he, he made me rest. God made me rest. He, he made me. He made me to lie down. If I, I remember I, Jen, Jenny, Jenny used to quote that scripture. I, I think you remember. About, uh, she, used to, she got mixed up one day, one time, and she quoted that when she was real little. She used to quote that, that whole 23rd Psalm. She could quote the whole thing. I don't know if she can still do that or not. I'll have to check her out Sunday. But she'd quote the whole 23rd Psalm when she was just young. And, and she won, but she got mixed up one time. And she said, he, he makes me fall down in green pastures. <laughs> and I said, yeah, sometimes he does. Sometimes he makes me fall down in green. But because but he wants to give me rest. God's good. I'm going to tell you what, if it wasn't for God, we couldn't rest. When the, when the negative swirl is going on in my life, when we've come through the things that we've come through this past year, it was a struggle to rest. The rest that I got was because of God. God give me rest. He give me rest. He leadeth me, he leadeth me by, beside the still waters. There's refreshment there. Or tranquility. I don't know. Whatever, ever how you want to unpack that, this is David anyway, but ever how you want to, he's just telling us, this is his view of God's goodness. This is his view. Mine, mine ain't so much tranquility, ain't just, he leads me in the woods, or he leads me on the tractor. That's my tranquility, that's, that's just me, you got yours. But, but whatever it is, it's refreshing. God's good to us. He's refreshing us. Verse 3, this is probably my favorite right here. Listen, how many know his goodness? Oh, good God Almighty. It's because of God's goodness. He restores our soul. Over and over and over. Again. And again. You know why? Because God's good. His goodness. He's, he's good to restore our soul. He's not got a one strike deal or a three strike deal or that's seven times that we, we can't deal with that. No, he restores. Over and over. That's just part of his good. David could see him like that. He leadeth me 
If I get it right, David say, he's so good to me, he helps me get it right. He leads. That's how I get it right. He leads me. He puts it in my heart. He draws me. He gives me Christ Jesus to be my righteousness. That's how I get it right. He's so good. Verse, verse 4, i gotta, I got to hurry. Verse 4. Verse 4, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will. Listen, David said, this is part of God's goodness. He said, I'm not worried about the future. I'll fear no evil. I'm not worried about the future. I'm not worried about it. Because God's goodness. His goodness. I will fear no. For thou art with me. Here comes the comfort. This is part of his goodness. His comfort. Paul, I know, I know, you, I know you said when you was, that first night you was down in the hospital and you heard mine and Whitlock's voice. And you said that was such a comfort. It wasn't Whitlock and me. It was his rod and his staff. It was That was the comfort. That was the comfort. I don't know which one of us was the rod, which one of us was the staff. But nevertheless, it was still his comfort. Woo! Glory to the Lord. Amen. Amen. They, they, they comfort me. Verse 5 and then verse 6. We've got to finish. Thou preparest a table. This is how good God is. Even in the midst of all that negative swirl. God sustains me. God feeds me. God prepares for me. Right in the midst of it all. God treats me good right in the midst of it all. Sometimes you don't know, how, how in the world am I going to get through this? God prepares. God does it all right in the midst of all of it. Thou anointest my head. David's seen God's given ability and his equipping power and everything that God done for him. He's seen it as goodness. It's goodness. When God lets us be a part of anything, it's just his goodness. When he allows us to do good. I tell you, uh, if I ever do good, it's just his goodness. That's all it is. It's just his goodness. Amen. That's all it is. When you ain't got much going on for you, you know it's his goodness. Come on. It's his goodness. Amen. Somebody can't even talk good English. I've been preaching this long. It's his goodness. It's his goodness. Someone who couldn't even half read, it's his goodness. <laughs> it's his goodness. Goodness. My cup, it's his overflow. That's God's goodness. Do you see? He just keeps going on and on. He's just telling us, this is, this is how David could say, I believe to see the goodness of the Lord. I gotta finish. Verse, verse six, he finishes it like this. He says, Surely then, there it is, goodness. Surely this good it follows me around. You know why? Because I believe to see it. It's not following you around if you don't believe to see it. It'll stop. But I believe to see it. It follows me around all the days of my life. And listen. And I will dwell. This, this is the finality. I'm going to dwell. There's an eternal goodness. He said, I, I've not forgotten about that. 
I've not left that out. There's this eternal good. And that's, that's what most people are. That's the only thing they can really bank on. They've not seen God in the goodness here. But you know why? Because they don't believe to see. Don't believe to see. Uh, i got to finish with this thought uh, or bring this all together, bring somehow land all this thing. Uh, my, my daddy used to have this saying, and it's, it's my, it's my, you know, y'all might not even like this saying. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's not, it's not against you for nothing. It, 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 it might be just a little rough around the edges. But he had this, he said it all the time. He said it all the time. It stuck in my brain. Even when I was a kid, I remember, me, I remember me saying it to various people. My daddy was pretty brash. He was pretty bold. He didn't much care what he said. Of course, he was big enough. He didn't have to worry about what he said. Uh, but he would say what he felt. He, he was that kind of he was straight shooter. He was not rude or anything like that, but he would just say. And I can remember various times over my life, and even sometimes that I would say things. But, but sometimes when people or even me or whoever would say something very bold or very really reaching, like, like this statement might would even be, you know, like you got to believe to see, you know, the goodness of God. That's pretty, that's that's a pretty bold statement. Well, my daddy had this saying when people would make bold statements, whether not just spiritual statement, but any statement. If they would, they would talk like a big game, you know, talk a big game. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And I, can, I can see him now. Yeah. He'd get a look on his face, and he'd say, boy, I don't believe you've got enough butt to back that up. <laughs> That's what he would say. He would say, I just don't believe you've got the rear end to back all that talk up. That's what he'd say. And, of course, most of the time he was right. Of course, he wouldn't say that unless it was usually true. I remember I would say some sometimes, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. He said, you ain't, you ain't just ain't got the rear end for that. <laughs> you're not going to pull that off. But, well, I want to tell you something. I want to tell you, if you're sitting out there tonight and you think that's a, that David has made such a bold statement, I'm going to give you a New Testament verse with a lot of behind. It is. It's, it, it backs up. It'll back up what David said. It'll back it up to where you, you can stand on it and you can go out of this place just as bold and brash and you can believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And it's just, just this one verse. It's, it's a beautiful verse. Romans 8 and 32. This is what he says. Romans 8 and 32. Listen. He that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? That's the behind that backs up such a bold statement. He that spared not his own son. Do you think he don't want to be good? Do you think he don't want to show you goodness? Here and now, not just there. He's trying to give us, he's trying to give us the confidence, the courage to believe. To believe, to see. To see the goodness of God. I believe that tonight. I believe that. I believe tonight. This is just it, and I'm going to close. I believe it. This is it. I believe either 
Either you must believe to see the goodness of God here or you'll quit. Yes, that's what that the Bible says that, that with a clean heart. Yes, yes, amen. That's exactly what the word said. Yes, 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 amen, amen. That's right, only him. Amen, amen. So I believe it tonight. I don't know who's coming, whoever who's coming. Somebody come on, whoever who would like. Any, many, my goose, duck, goose, whatever. How's that game go? <laughs> no, no, it's duck, 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 goose egg. Is that how it is? It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. I, I believe it tonight. You, you need tonight. You need to get that. Not, not, not just let that pass over. No, you need to get that. Now, you need to believe to see. I'm gonna, I believe to see the goodness of God. I do. I believe to see it. I believe to see it, little Elish. I believe to see the goodness of God. We're already seeing it. I'm already seeing it in you. I believed it when they said, we're not going to see anything good. And I did. All that negative squirrel. And you know what? I said, I'm going to believe to see the goodness of God. We're seeing it. It's the goodness of God. Y'all want to see the goodness of God? Look right here. The goodness of God. The goodness of God. The goodness of God. The goodness of God. Back there, back there, Daryl sharing the goodness of God. Goodness of God. Goodness of God. Goodness of God. Sheena, 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 Renee. Goodness of God. Goodness of God. Tommy Hamlin. Goodness of God. Goodness of God. We believe to see the goodness of God. Yes. 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 Goodness of God, Kenny. So keep believing to see it. Even in the midst. We believe to see it. We believe to see it. We believe to see it. Amen. Whitlock, this spring, believing to see the goodness of God. Every time. Every, you know, that's the way I come preaching. I do. I come Every time I come preaching, I know I wear you out 99% of the time. But every time I come preaching, I come with the idea to believe, to see the goodness of God. Yeah. And if we don't, it's my fault. It's not his. Every time I read my Bible, I believe to see the good. Every time we worship, I believe to see the good. That's why we pray. Maybe that's why some people don't pray. Maybe they don't pray because they don't believe to see the goodness of God. I pray because I believe to see the goodness of God pour out from a prayer. I believe God can bless it. I believe God can flow in it at an altar, at an anointing. When we prayed for people, whatever, on a Wednesday night, colder and blue blazes, I believe to see the goodness of God. And if he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, now shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Goodness of God. Goodness. 
God so good? God so good.